Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 45th episode of the podcast on October 30th, 2013. Yeah, or just before Halloween, I almost put a story in our outline about kids who dressed up for Halloween as baby coaches. Oh, boy. And the first one I saw was one Dana Holgerson of West Virginia. Oh, God. This little kid who had kind of the balding look going on, and he wore the outfit. Then I saw baby Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs with big, bushy mustache and all a little chubby baby. And then the third one I saw today was baby Mike Ditka with not as ridiculous mustache and then I was going to have something like, make the play, will a baby dress up as baby Bill Belichick this year? <laughs> Somewhere in the world. <laughs> but we have some more serious stories. Joel, how has your sports week been? Uh, good. Um, you know, speaking of the Halloween thing, um, I think I think they actually, a lot of the fans around here refer to Dana's hairstyle as a skullet. <laughs> Yeah, that would be um, pretty accurate. And then, um, speaking of Bill Belichick, I saw what he wore for Halloween, or what he's wearing for Halloween. I heard a little bit about that. I also saw what Tom Brady and his wife are wearing. What are they Which, wearing? Um, Tom Brady is the cowardly lion. Huh. And, um, you know, his wife, who probably everybody would rather see. <laughs> um <laughs> In a kitty Dorothy. costume, you mean? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Kind of, Belichick is a pirate, up. right? Yes, he's a pirate, and his uh, girlfriend was a wench, I believe. Ah. I didn't know Bill Belichick was capable of love. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> he looked pretty happy in the picture, what can I say? He's just usually all business. <laughs> well... Last week on the show, we were talking about how Miami, the University of Miami, got a pretty light punishment for their years of infractions against the NCAA and how that system is kind of a crock. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first BCS standings came out, and then we had a couple teams lose out of that top 10, and then uh, the World Series began, and now it's going to continue. We'll get to that as our top story. We'll first get to the red zone of this. Live coverage. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing this quicker episode here because we have... I have Yomacon starting tomorrow, and that's mm-hmm. a big deal for members of the Show Me Your News community. And just finished all of my videos that I need for my two panels yes. today, so those will be ready, but the packing is not there at all. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's getting to be a little hectic. We're, we're tight on time and just had to squeeze this one in today. So we'll start at the 20-yard uh, the line in our red zone where you cover the three biggest sports stories in the week, and we start on checking on the Heisman voting because we're... You know, partway through the, actually most of the way, surprisingly, maybe two-thirds through the college football season. Right now, according to you know ESPN experts, you have Marcus Mariota uh, at Oregon, you know, kind of leading the pack, followed closely by freshman Jameis Winston uh, out of Florida State, who I think should be the favorite right now. I mean, 
what he's doing as a freshman, just tearing people apart. That's it's incredible as a quarterback. And then Johnny Manziel's kind of in the running, at almost half the points that the other two do. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of really just delineates from there, and no one really making you know some names for themselves. But of course, things can change in the Heisman running, especially with four or five weeks left to go. What do you make of you know some of the players that have been standing out so far this year? Um, I mean, probably who I would pick if I was I, the same kind of guys I'd put up there because you know it's. Not only based on who the best player is, but it's based on which team is doing the best. Mm-hmm. Um, which team has the most big-time games where they can perform in front of the national audience. Because that's how you win the Heisman. I mean, Johnny Manziel clearly had his moment last year against Alabama. And, I mean, that's those are the kind of games that you need to, I think, secure the Heisman. Mm-hmm. You can get all the hype from everything um but it 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 isn't until you have those big time games against ranked teams that that i mean that's where you could make that moment that's the reason why it's it's so hard for us to ever imagine like even if a defensive player got in there they would need to have those moments that we would remember and usually unless you play on special teams and you're a defensive player it's really hard to Work your way into there. I mean, that's true. That's why you know Charles Woodson, you know, did some offense, but you know, mostly special teams, you know, kick mm-hmm. returns, yeah. and you know, his great quarter uh, cornerback play. Yeah. Now, um, someone on this panel voted Johnny Manziel. Gave him one first place vote. I want to know who that is. That's that's not right. I mean, if if the only argument that I would make is that he actually at this point in the season has better stats than he did last year. See, I was going to say that too, but when you're being out statistically matched, statistically yeah. outmatched, let's let's phrase those two words again, then you're not the Heisman frontrunner. I mean, last year is last year. Yeah, granted, you have some cachet, but mm-hmm. that doesn't vault you, you know, and say that you're the best player in the nation just because you're having a statistically better season, but not compared to your peers. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, um, you know... If we want to talk about statistics, that's that's another reason that I like I certainly Jameis Winston should be way up there is because his statistics are kind of unreal for how young he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that would be hard for anybody to do, like a senior to do, a fifth year senior, you know, someone who's had lots of experience. Um I think uh what what also helps him is that he's had he had, you know, probably the biggest game to date to, to perform. In front of everybody, um, absolutely the Clemson game. Yeah, and um, I think what will hurt him down the road is their schedule, um, because you know we'd all like to say, "Oh, well, this Miami team, you know, that's going to be a real challenge." It really shouldn't be a challenge for them, um, because Miami, um, unless they somehow upset Florida State they're they're clearly not a top 10 team right. I, I mean there there are a lot of teams that I think underneath them that could play them and beat them because they're just barely scraping together wins against these mm-hmm. clearly inferior teams uh 
So I think what what eventually is going to hurt Florida State and Jameis Winston and the Heisman is down the road their schedule is weaker compared to Alabama and Oregon that kind of thing. So it's the same kind of right. thing in the national championship race. So if if he's held, he could they could go undefeated. He'd have a great year. But if if there's like let's say Oregon goes undefeated too, I, I really don't know how you're going to give it to him mm-hmm. because the the other thing is that uh you know. Usually with Oregon, there's a running back on that team that really stands out. This year, they're doing it by committee. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a running back taking away the votes from the quarterback like though you usually would. Though you do have Lachey Seastrunk, who promised he'd get the Heisman out of Baylor, the running back. and Yeah, I think that because, uh, somewhere because in him and, and Bryce Petty, they're taking votes away from each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't have that kind of situation. You you've got so many. I think the problem that Oregon has is they have so many players there. So the quarterback is going to get a lot of attention because he's spreading it to all these different weapons that he has. So that's an, a great. I mean, if you want to win a Heisman, you've got to have other good players on your team. Yeah. You really do. So um, I don't know. I just think when it comes down to it, um, if there's a team that goes undefeated, uh, I think definitely if there's a team that goes undefeated on that list. That's the okay. We'll say quarterback that's going to win. Right, right. Let's make the play here. Then, do you think Marcus Mariota will win the Heisman this year? Um, based on how they've handled their schedule so far, um, I think, I think so. I really do. I think this is kind of the year where, um, I've seen enough problems with Stanford. That I think Oregon can kind of, you know, get past them in the usual fashion that they have every other team this year. Get to that third quarter and just start scoring points. Uh, so I think as long as they go undefeated, um, yeah, I, and I actually think that they probably have a really good shot at doing that. I actually like them probably to go undefeated more than I like Al- Alabama to go undefeated at this yeah, point. Well, that's, so that's a good point. I think Jameis Winston's for real. Uh, I think he has a better chance of making more of a name for himself on his team, whereas you know Oregon has you know more standout talent. You have you know DeAnthony Thomas, who was your you know Heisman predicted winner at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know all that talent and you know those names can kind of take it away from them. Jameis Winston is you know the man on that team. Granted, they have a lot of talent on Florida State, but you know they're not you know making names for themselves. It's the Jameis Winston show, and I think. You know some of that name appeal in a way. If they continue to play the way they are now, I think that can give them the edge when they go to New York. We yeah, we definitely need um, you know those front two. I think it's going to be either of those guys. If it's not, it's going to be really surprising. That it mm-hmm. probably means both teams lost right. somehow. Well, it's going to be interesting as it comes to the end of the year. Now, what about the uh, the ten yard line story there? Oh, well, we got the NBA season starting. Yes, we and, do. And, um, you know, kind of started already in a way. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of interesting. I, I believe that they were talking about how Dwayne Wade wasn't going to start the next game because mm-hmm. it, it was an ankle injury. I can't really remember what it was exactly. Um, it was something that had been bothering him. Um, but, you know, that's important because defending champions you know one of the key players on their teams um 
but uh, you know, you've got uh, it's 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 interesting to see you know which teams the the experts are saying, oh, this is definitely their year. You know, there's mm-hmm. teams that can catch Miami in the East, and um, you know, also interesting to, to see. You know, every year it's like, oh, what are the Lakers gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, you got to think about like Kobe Bryant. Is is this it? Are we getting to that point where you know we're not gonna see him anymore? And uh, I don't know. I it I, I think it was definitely like interesting, you know, like both of us growing up at this time, like to see kind of his rise and mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, yeah, you had Jordan's twilight years too. Oh yeah, uh, d- definitely. I mean, it, it's interesting because then we get to compare everybody to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's just like really. It's really hard to compare him to anybody. I think. I mean, especially like one of the you know first playoff basketball memories I have is you know that shot he hit against the Jazz, the step mm-hmm. back, the push off, whatever you want to call it, uh, against Byron Russell. I think his name was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just like it's classic. And then you had yeah Kobe, you know from. You know, the high school years with number eight to all his trials and tribulations and now Black Mamba. I think he'll be coming back halfway through this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the stuff he's gotten overseas in Europe, it's you know, some good, good healing he's got going on there. Mm-hmm. If he's able to, you know, kind of move around now, you know, half a year removed from an Achilles. Uh, he's making phenomenal progress. But I mean, you're right. It's probably like the last couple of years because he's getting up there in years. A lot of those those NBA seasons wear on the body for sure. Um, as far as surprises, Philadelphia has already beaten Miami. They just beat them tonight because they got off on a crazy run to start that game, and Miami mm-hmm. never really recovered. Uh, Philadelphia is predicted over or under by experts as 16 wins. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It's people are gonna start. Tanking for Andrew Wiggins. You were talking about Andrew Wiggins a couple episodes ago, and the team's got to start tanking. Whether it's whether it's Boston or Phoenix or Charlotte or Philadelphia, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And then you have the lottery to play, and that's why they do that. But making Charlotte, play Charlotte here, will definitely get in on the mix. They're always there. For they're me. always there. Yeah. <laughs> Make the play here as our predictive element of the show. Who wins this year's NBA Finals? Who's coming out of each, and then who wins? You know, I, I, I like. I really want to pick somebody besides Miami in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like as long as Dwayne co- Wade comes back and he's healthy, they've still got to be the favorites. Yeah. Um, just I mean, they they're they're. they're you know, their main guys are getting so much playoff experience now in like every single big game. And they're, they're probably going to go on big win streaks again. I mean, I don't think they'll be as often or as large as they were this past year. Um, I think they'll have more challenge and, you know, in their division, but, um, you know, they're still going to be a a high seat if anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm kind of liking. I feel like I'm. I kind of like New Orleans, actually. Mm, interesting. Um, 
And I don't know. I think it's just like because of like the few games that I saw them play last year. Like I, it kind of seemed like they had something there. Like they could they could build around. Um, and I don't like really. I don't really know why I'm picking them. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just gonna feeling. go out on a wing in the West and say they take over somehow. Mm-hmm. I I want to do the same thing. Like I think Miami gets there out of the East and probably wins another championship. But if that doesn't happen for some reason, mm-hmm. I think it's Indiana. Oh yeah, uh, you know they're they're solid, physical, slow play. They, they pretty much had them beat last year. Yeah, I, I I think everybody was sure that it was over for Miami. And as much I want to take something like you know Oklahoma City is an appealing team. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Indiana and San Antonio, and yeah. just these these you know not. He's up, the up and down court game. It's not their style. Uh, I'll take the Spurs to win the title this year. As boring and as much as the NBA would hate that matchup, as far as markets, Can you imagine Indiana and San Antonio. <laughs> That'd be dreadful. The league would hate that. So maybe they'll fix it so it's not that. Uh, I don't know. But I'll, I'll say Pacers and Spurs. Although realistically, I think it's another for the Heat. Well, see, like, that's the thing, like, the reason, like, I'm thinking, like, a surprise team out of the West, but the problem is when they get to that game, they're just not going to be able to handle themselves. I feel like there's going to be tons of upsets in the playoffs in the West, and I feel like a team that could, like, you know, sneak in, sneak into the playoffs there. Usually where more of them happen. Yeah, I mean, like, and but the problem with that is that I don't think like if the Heat get there, they're gonna get challenged as much in the game compared to the actual playoff run itself before the championship game. Mm-hmm. I hear you. The five yard line story here is the World Series continuing and might be ending tonight. Well, At this moment, holy crap, it's getting worse. Yeah, I just checked the score. <laughs> <laughs> so this discussion may be <laughs> defunct by the time we actually get this episode out, but. At this you know moment when we you know came up with the stories, Boston was leading this series three to two, mm-hmm. and it was you know two to one St. Louis, and then because they, they took the game three on an obstruction call called mm-hmm. by Jim Joyce that was a little questionable. Jim Joyce, the one who uh, nixed Armando Galarraga of the Detroit Tigers, the perfect game, the call at first base, that whole bit. Um, so a questionable obstruction call, but you know the rule is the rule that gave you know. St. Louis, the walk-off win, and then you had, excuse me, then you had, oh gosh, what happened in game four? It was something else that was really strange. Um, um, shoot, what was that? It was some other sort of bizarre rule sort of thing that you just, oh, it was the pickoff at first. Oh. Who does that? <laughs> How do you get picked off at first to end the game? <laughs> That that's ridiculous for St. Louis. So then Boston tied it up two two. They won a you know pretty solid game with uh, Johnny Gomes home run, you know pinch hitting uh, in game five. And now we're in game six. Boston trying to clinch it at home for the first time since 1906, I believe, because their past couple they've clinched it on the road as sweeps. Uh, right now we're in the top of the fifth, and it's six nothing. So our question was going to be. Are you still sticking with your Boston prediction? 
Because I had Boston at seven last episode, and you had Boston in six last episode as the World Series was just starting. So if they do win this game, you would be correct. Hmm. Before this game, I was going to say that... What's the matchup right now? Is it... I'm trying to um, think the matchup right now. Oh, the pitcher for... Oh, is it Walk? It's... Well, Walk. Um, it was Waka, and then he got taken out. Got Carpenter in right now. Yeah, John Lackey has been pitching well, just so well for Boston right yeah. now. And Waka was looking to be the first pitcher ever in postseason history to win five starts. Yeah, looks like he's not going to get that. So before this game ha- you know, happened, I would have said that you know St. Louis would have won that matchup, and then you have. Uh, their next pitcher, going, and their, their staff is so loaded. Jake Peavy would have been pitching a game seven for Boston. Yeah, that's not a good deal. Mm-mm. So I think Boston has to close this one out tonight if they had the chance to win. So am I still sticking with the Boston prediction to win? Looking at a six nothing score on the top of the fifth, the way these you know, the bullpens especially, I gotta say Boston's gonna win. But uh, if they lose this game six, got Cardinals in seven. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think definitely, and, and they probably realized you know what the matchup was going to be, and and we're, and we're thinking, you know, if we can just close this out now, mm-hmm. then you know we're definitely gonna have a better shot. Um. Yeah, I I I think like the reason, really, the reason that I was taking them in six instead of seven, um, was because I thought. I thought eventually they would overwhelm them with their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there would be like a game or two where they just wouldn't like the Cardinals wouldn't even be able to keep up in the game. Um, right now they're getting really good pitching, right? <laughs> um, and Cardinals are are really struggling. Um, I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's that home atmosphere too for Boston. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, right that now. too. It's yeah. a really tough place to play. The fans are berserk, and um, yeah, I mean, if anything, it's gotta make you know. You, I know it's not like moral victories don't really mean anything, but it's gonna make you feel good about how Detroit hung with them. Well, that's and, true, and I just don't like. And I mean, they so. <laughs> really needed. They really needed to pitch like they did to hang with them because, you know. It, when they get a hit, it kind of rolls. They roll you over like a snowball. <laughs> like, that's the thing, um, you know. That's true, and uh, I just don't like St. Louis anyway. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, right now, I mean, they're looking pretty comfortable. Who knows? You know, they could come that back. Might make change by the time this episode is over. So yeah, we'll see. Um, Let you know. But, at the but end right now, yeah, I, I I think I'm liking them in this game. I think uh, I don't. Know, I, I actually probably would think that they'd lose if they lost this game. Yeah, probably mainly because it would be like okay, it would just be crushed. heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, lead halfway through the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Let's go to the replay of the games for college football and NFL from the last week. We picked against the spread and did okay this week. I did better than I usually did, so that's, that's a plus for me. We started NC State at Florida State uh, Florida State with a 31.5 point spread. We both thought that would be too much. 
It could be a letdown game coming off of the Clemson game for the Seminoles. They cover and win by 32. It's Who so does weird. that? It was... They usually play down the team they're playing. They went bonkers in the first quarter. Like It was like 35 nothing before you know it. And then they kind of just you know ease up a little bit. And yeah, they win by 32. They cover. Okay, we get it, Florida State. You're, you're really good this year. <laughs> but you got Miami this week. So watch out. Yep. Texas Tech at Oklahoma, minus seven. Um, that This was a really good game. It like went back and forth and back and forth. Uh, Texas Tech just turned the ball over way too many times. Mm. Uh, re- I mean, that, that really gave Oklahoma all the momentum they need. And then Oklahoma got like a big reverse, and the game was pretty much over from there. Mm. 38-30 win for the Sooners, cover mm. the seven-point spread at home. South Carolina at Mizzou. Minus three. Oh, my God. Double overtime. Doink. Missouri tries to kick the game-time field goal off the upright. South Carolina wins by three. That's that's big for the SEC East. That's, that's really huge. Um, right back into the thick of it. And they get the game tiebreaker. Not only that, but, I mean, pro- probably South Carolina is a completely different team with the other quarterback in. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And he was hurt. Like, it was like, it was like their defense played better too. <laughs> yeah, any sort of energy you can get. Yeah, UCLA, I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say it's really still disappointing that they don't have their starting quarterback. But oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, and you know, Mizzou had that game in hand. It was they're over. up by a couple touchdowns. They should have should have locked it down. That's that's gotta be tough for them. UCLA at Oregon, uh, minus twenty two and a half, and it was close early. But, you know, Oregon puts on those garbage points at the end. They cover the spread. And they get the win. 42-14. to 14. Third quarter is just... They just kill people. Third quarter. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State. And this was just... A massacre. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, they just blow out in the history of the two teams playing each other. Gosh. Uh, that's really all you can say. <laughs> And then Stanford went to Oregon State to take on the Beavers. They win 20-12. to 12. You know, not flashy, but they get the job done. That was a good game. They're going to be gearing up for an Oregon team, I believe, next week. Mm-hmm. So get ready for that. Uh, the extra point that I had was Tennessee at Alabama. I didn't know that Tennessee was apparently calling them that red team or the team in red. <laughs> uh, that's motivation. I didn't think Alabama would blow them out by more than 28, so I picked Tennessee, and uh, Alabama covered that spread by 35. Those elephants. 45 Those elephants. <laughs> Just stampeded. Oh, my gosh. It was awful. Um, and then for my game, uh, we were at Kansas State. I think we were actually leading at halftime, and then just went, were awful in the second half and couldn't score at all. Um, and Kansas State covered the spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. So It's been a tough season for the Mountaineers. There. It's pretty tough. Um, they, they just, like, the problem is, like, if I think if we had started Trickett at the beginning of the season, we would, probably would have been in better shape. Yeah, get him in kind of more of a um, game flow. And yeah, because also... now he just doesn't have time he doesn't have time to get better at audibles and stuff like that because he's preparing for a different opponent every week. Is he still sore with his ribs too? 
I'm not really sure. They they really keep that stuff under wraps. Yeah. Specifically, like our coaching staff, they they really don't tell you anything until the game starts. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And we got a lot more injuries now. So that's that's unfortunate. I mean, injuries never help a season for sure. Mm-hmm. So I went four and three. I'll take it over my consistently losing records. <laughs> and uh, you went three and four. So yep. I keep it close to that 500 range. And uh, check our post for the leader of the Show Me Your News community and see how they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas at Detroit. That was the NFL game of the week for sure. You had Dallas leading by six points. Should have put Detroit away. And Matt Stafford comes down the field, throws it to Calvin Johnson, who has 329 yards of receiving. Second most all-time for receivers in a game. Most all-time, if you're considering those games that were in regulation, the 336, which was in first place, and the seven seven yards difference was Mm -hmm. a game that was in overtime, you know, back in the 50s or so. Uh, Wow. Detroit comes back and wins by one in a squeaker, 31 to 30, but... Can't cover the spread, so Dallas gets the pick. That's part of the tough thing about choosing against the spread. Yeah, I mean, and you could t- we could talk about you know them getting Reggie Bush and everything, but I really thought that the difference this season was going to be the fact that they target. I mean, obviously they try and target him as much as they can, but he's scoring points. It's just like he had all those yards last year we could talk about, but he's he's getting them the scores that they need mm-hmm. when they need it. Uh, it is a big thing, and but they do need more receivers. I mean, Nate Burleson with his broken arm, he's going to try to come back as soon as he can. But you're just you're missing weapons on the outside. And if they didn't have Reggie Bush, he'd be so one-dimensional and just mm-hmm. the one game Bush missed this year. Lions it was just they were just inept on offense. It was mm-hmm. embarrassing. Uh, Cleveland at Kansas City. Kansas City was favored by seven and a half. Cleveland kept it close. So Tony's Cleveland Browns gets the win in terms of the moral victory in terms of the spread. Kansas City starts 8-0. How about that? They were 2-14 last year. They're guaranteed a 500 record this year. They are the last team in the league to be you know, staying undefeated. Yeah, and they're, you know, this week and last week, a lot closer games than like people expected. But they're still winning. <laughs> That's the thing. They're putting space in between them and everybody else. So, Though I will tell you, it's very early in the season. The meat of their schedule is in the second half, uh, you know, playing Denver twice. Yeah, that's you know, why it's playing, important to yeah. win now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, they're doing it. They could definitely make a wild card push at least. Like I predicted. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco at Jacksonville. They're playing in London because nothing says, let's show the Brits how we play American football. Like bringing the Jacksonville Jaguars over to get walloped 42-10 to 10 when San Francisco was favored by 17. I was say, their football teams could probably beat that football team. <laughs> <laughs> That's a team that just needs to go to L.A. Or please not London. I'm sorry. We don't need a London team right now. Roger Goodell. Mm. Seriously. And and as predicted, San Francisco puts the beat down in Jacksonville that Denver couldn't. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, New York Jets at Cincinnati Bengals. We both picked the Jets somehow because we thought their defense was going to turn around. That defense did not no turn that game around. Way. It was 49-9. to It was like pulled... a completely different defense. That was a shellacking. I don't know. How we... That's got to be up there for the games that we both whiffed on the hardest it's, it's this year. It's up really there. really bad. <laughs> wow. Uh, Andy Dalton throws five touchdowns. They pull him early. They put in a 
just your know, backup quarterback, and that was the game was a wash. 49-9, wow. And Green Bay went to Minnesota for Sunday night football. Uh, they put up a lot of offense numbers. They, they got it clicking 44-31. I mean, Minnesota did all right. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I think one of the bigger surprises, though, of the week was uh, Seattle at St. Louis on Monday Night Football. Seattle's just a different team away from home. Yep. They look average, and that's just surprising for a team that you know is in the top percentage of NFL teams this year. They win 14-9. to They don't cover the 10.5. You know, with, uh, and on the road in St. Louis. Yeah, I think the, the like the, the one thing that I could take away from Seattle is that they have a good defense. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. Like it's probably one of the best overall in the league. It's just that that offense should be so much better than it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I guess you know, if they get as long as they can somehow get home field advantage in the playoffs, then we'll see if they can. That's gonna be gonna be interesting. So I went three and three, five hundred and mm-hmm. two and four for Joel there. Ah, and gotcha. What was the game? It was the Cleveland Kansas City game yep, that we definitely. were split on? Well, let's see how we do with this week's picks. Uh, college football week ten. You know, for those that don't know, we do pick, make our picks ahead of time, and then we basically reveal them to each other and to you here on the show right now. We start in week ten of college football. Starting the Big Ten with Wisconsin at Iowa. Plus nine and a half as the Badgers are favored by that much at noon p.m. Eastern time. I'll take the Hawkeyes. I like mm-hmm. their defense, especially at home, that home crowd motivating. You know, it's going to be a slugfest. You know, the Lions battling it out, the defenses. I think it's a close game. So I think nine and a half favor for Wisconsin. I don't think their offense can rack up that much, especially against, you know, the second uh, second or third best defense in the Big Ten. I'll, I'll take Iowa, not necessarily to win, but at least to keep it close. Um, yeah, because uh, the... Because you know the game is at um, it's in Iowa City, yeah. Yeah, is it is it Iowa? And I think that's kind of the difference for me. I think if it had been at home for Wisconsin, they'd kind of find a way to roll up on them. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, away, I'm gonna take Iowa. Mm-hmm. What's this game? The uh, it's the biggest cocktail party, world's biggest cocktail party, it's something like that. It's Georgia at Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, plus two and a half, favoring the Bulldogs, who are the road team, at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. What do you have in this one? Um, I've actually got Georgia. I think, uh, regardless of the injuries, that they can uh, put together enough offense against, uh, you know, at least for uh, what I thought near the clo- like beginning of the year and everything was a pretty good Florida defense. But I think there's probably enough tape out there on how to beat them. Mm-hmm. And that the problem is Florida. If, if there's one problem they have, they just cannot score. Yeah. Even if they can move the ball on the field, they get down there and they have to kick a field goal. They, uh, well, Driscoll, not on the yeah. same level as Georgia, regardless of the injuries. Driscoll being hurt, you know, their starting quarterback doesn't help that. Mm-hmm. But I think a field goal is easy to cover, especially. I think they might be getting Todd Gurley back. Hmm. Uh, you know, their their star running back for Georgia, and so that's going to help them. I know it's in the swamp. But like you, I'm taking the dogs. Big, big game here in the state of Michigan where I live. And I'm going to be at Yomacon, the anime convention. So I'm away from this bitter rivalry of Michigan at Michigan State. The Spartans favored by six points at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Michigan has not covered the the point spread against Michigan State since 2006. Michigan State has won four out of the five past years. I'm going to take 
The Spartans, as much as I don't like to do so, they have the nation's best defense right now. And I think Michigan can get some points against them, but Michigan better have used that bye week to their advantage because if they come out against them like they've been playing the past few weeks, you know, against Indiana with you know, where defense couldn't stop anything, especially against the Michigan State offense that isn't that good. But it's a great defense on the Spartan side of the ball. And I think six points is certainly possible. That way, if Michigan does win, which I'd be very happy if that... I'm okay with taking the point hit. In fact, I've been so wrong this year. Have this game count. I've been so wrong with my predictions. Been terrible. Get this one wrong. I'm picking Michigan State. Um, Well, I mean, like, the other thing is... I definitely feel like it could be a close game. I think... Michigan could probably put together enough offense. Uh, like I think the reason that that I would initially think it would be close is because Michigan State's offense, you just don't even know what's going to show up each week. Mm-hmm. Like I feel a little more confident about what would show up with Michigan's offense. I know that you know if they're having trouble passing the ball, you know they can find a way to run the ball. But with Michigan State, I don't really know. One week they look amazing. Like, which is weird because you're not ex- you're not expecting that. You're expecting them to score ten points and they score like fifty. Mm-hmm. You're like, what is? This? Um, I, the other thing is that you know if if they get a turnover, they have taken so many back for touchdowns. Like it's just kind of crazy. I think at one point their defense has scored more touchdowns than their offense. Mm-hmm. Like their special teams and defense. Um, and I really think that like, that's definitely where they have the advantage in this game is that they've got big playmakers on defense. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't let, know. I feel like, give, again... Let me give me another stat here on Michigan State's defense. Michigan State's defense has allowed a total of 71 rush yards before contact with running backs this whole season. 71 yards before contact rushing. The next lowest automatic qualifier defense, as far as you know, teams that automatically qualify for BCS, next lowest defense allowed 227. More than three times as much. It's a very, very good defense, especially up yeah. front. And I mean, I feel like Michigan could probably exploit them through the air, though. Mm-hmm. Um, because if anything, that's probably the stronger part of their offense than than them running the ball. Well, that's true. Because they've had trouble finding a running back in, in, to a, until a certain point in the season. The offensive um, line just has to hold up and pass protection. guys to stay away from yeah. Max Bullen, the linebacker. You've got to stay away from Dark you have to. You're going to have to roll the quarterback out a lot because I, I think they're going to get way too much pressure Absolutely. in the pocket. So you're um, taking Michigan? I actually think I am going to take Michigan just because as long as Michigan State doesn't score defensively, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring. And it's going to be all about game. the turnovers. And and like you know, I don't know if I don't know necessarily if they win, mm-hmm. but I feel like they could keep it close enough. I think maybe it might come down to the point where Michigan State has to kick a field goal to win the game. Something like that. It'd be like last year where Michigan had to. Well, I hope you're right that it's at least close and not embarrassing. Auburn at Arkansas, plus nine and a half, favoring the Tigers at 6 p.m. Eastern. Who do you have? Um, I've got Auburn. Um, 
mainly because I feel like their offense is a lot better than Arkansas's. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like they kind of have similar philosophies, but um, I think there's just more playmakers there. And um, I think Auburn's a little more proven with what they've done with their schedules so far than what Arkansas's done. Totally agree. Give me the Tigers. Uh, Arkansas has not done much of anything in the SEC. And I know, you know, SEC games can be close, especially when the Razorbacks are at home. But Gus Malzahn's got that team going the way he wants them to, and they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. So cover nine and a half, I think they can. Give me Auburn. Oklahoma State at Texas Tech in a Big 12 matchup. Minus two and a half favoring the Red Raiders. I think they bounce back. Uh, You know, they got to, you know, Get over those those turnovers that happened last week at Oklahoma. They're at home now. That should help them. Close game. Win by a field goal. That can happen. Uh, and Oklahoma State, they're playing all right, but I think they're still trying to figure some things out on offense, which is still so surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take Texas Tech to bounce back. Yeah, I think this is probably like uh, your shootout game of the week. Mm. Um and usually, like, in that situation, if it's, like, a touchdown, then you, like, take the backdoor cover or whatever. Um, but um, it's, like, only a field goal, which is great. And Texas Tech's at home, coming off of a big loss, so they're probably a lot more motivated this week. Um, and I just, I like Texas Tech's offense more than I like Oklahoma State's at this point. I think you stop Oklahoma State from running the ball, and they can't really do much. You stop Texas Tech from running the ball, and they can still throw over 500 yards on you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Miami at Florida State, minus 22. And it's the 8 p.m. Eastern prime time game. What do you think here? I mean, I, I think the, I don't know, the, the upset, like, it's almost like we're expecting it at some point just because of based on what every other year has been like for them. But with them, it's more of, like, this these are, This is the kind of game they'd win, and then the next week they'd screw up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, at this, I mean, at this point, nobody else in the league is even close to them. and. Miami's struggled well, against Virginia teams. Virginia Tech lost to Duke. I mean, yeah, ACC teams, what are they doing? My, Miami's struggled against teams that Florida State would annihilate in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I think it initially could be close it, because I think Miami's defense can give him looks, can can, can give, you know, this, this young quarterback looks that um, he probably hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um but I think he'll eventually figure it out because he's figured out every other defense that he's played against so far. Um, and we thought there was okay defenses. So mm. this is probably the best defense they've played so far. So, um, But I, I just feel like in that second half, they'll probably just overwhelm them. Um, and that's why I'm not going to put it past them to score that many points because they've scored that many points every game. So uh, I'll take them. In this mm, game, gutsy. I, I think that um, I don't know. I, I mean, it would really be interesting to see somebody make them play a whole game, because I think if you, 
I think if you could probably get to the fourth quarter within 10 or something, you could probably beat them. Mm. Um, I just, nobody on their schedule has challenged them at all. Like, their starters haven't had to play a whole game yet. Pretty much. So, um, and I think that's the reason that it's so easy for this quarterback. They get a big lead, and then he does. He can just sit out the rest of the time. Doesn't have to risk injury, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like Miami is as good as we as as the ranking indicates. See, that's the logical explanation. I'm tempted to go with that, but Florida State's burned me too many times before. 22. I look at that. See, that's a lot. Uh, I'll take Miami to keep it close. I think Florida State wins by at least two touchdowns. Even if it's three touchdowns, like that doesn't cover twenty-two. Although that ridiculous thirty-two point cover on thirty-one and a half last week—that's that's ridiculous. I know it's a very good team. I think they win handily, but I don't. I, I can't in good conscience pick them to cover twenty-two when in past years. Hey, at Never. the beginning of this season, I probably would have picked Miami to win that game. Mm. Oh, to win that game, yeah, maybe. yeah. Because I mean, even if you look at our predictions early in the season, I think that's probably how it worked out mm-hmm. yeah oh, I, I hear you but uh, miami's got some saving of their season to do if they want to you know get a good bowl for sure i test i mean uh, it, anyone doing the eye test could could say you know one of these teams is a lot better than the other one right and i think that's where the problem is miami could very well show up and this be very close mm. i don't think i don't think a lot of people would even be surprised if that happened but um, I would. Yeah. Our extra point this week is West Virginia Mountaineers going to TCU Horned Frogs. Minus 13.5 for Texas Christian University at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. I'll take the Mountaineers. I think, you know, you got to gotta fight for your season at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in TCU, 13.5, uh, that seems to be a lot. In, you know, two teams that have had kind of similar sorts of seasons. A little disappointing than original expectations. Uh, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be close. I'll take the Mountaineers. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, we got to win a few more games if we want to make a bowl game. Mm. So um, at this point, it's kind of like you have to win every game. Um, and it would be, it really would be nice to get, um, you know, a win heading into a very big matchup next week. Um, what do they and have? like, we. Of Texas. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and we finally get a night game. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of build on something because I think that's the problem. We really haven't been able to build on a win or anything like that. So, um, you know, TCU's in the same exact situation as us, same exact record. Yep. Trying to get enough wins for a bowl win. You know, kind of a newcomer to the Big Twelve in a way, just like us. So. Um, if anything, we're going to see tons of crazy defensive things. I mean, it's always like that. I think they run like a four-two-five or something. Mm-hmm. You don't see that as much. Um, but I think, uh, I think we can shut them down with our defense. I, I think, uh, last week, the problem, we couldn't stop anybody on third down. We yeah, had them in third and thing. long, like every, every time, but I think we can get a win against TCU, and we really it would be nice to get a road win. <laughs> it would be We're going week nine in the NFL at the uh, halfway point here. Uh, New Orleans at the New York Jets plus five and a half at one p.m. Eastern. I know the Jets are at home, 
they got to show some fight coming off of that loss, but New Orleans is playing too hot right now. A, a touchdown easily covers the five and a half. Give me the Saints. Yeah, I mean, maybe if, if the Jets had performed better this past week, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's really hard to have confidence in them after that. I mean, I think that would have made us relook a lot of teams that we thought were doing well this year if they'd that's like a college score that shouldn't happen (laughs) um not the nfl not like um, this not like this yeah i new orleans uh you know they're really good if if it wasn't for if if they had been able to run the clock out they'd be undefeated right (laughs) um so i i i think that they i i I don't think Geno Smith's going to pull a Tom Brady against them. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That defense is much improved under yeah. Rob Ryan. San Diego at Washington. Plus one, it's a pick em, although the one point favors the San Diego Chargers on the road. Yeah. I, um, you know, I obviously, if Washington wants to turn their season around, they've got to win, like, every game. <laughs> um, but I, I just don't see it. Um, I don't think that there's really enough motivation there right now. I mean, they they got a big win, but um, San Diego is pretty good, or at least better than I thought they would be. Um, and I I think that they can. I I don't really think of Washington as like a hostile environment either. No. Um, I think they can go on the road and beat them. The NFC East blows. In the words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, go Chargers, go. I thought you were going to say like his quote was NFC East blows. <laughs> NFC East blows. You're so bad. They got a tumor. He's not a tumor at all. Uh, give me the Chargers. Uh, I'll take you know, Philip Rivers to come back. I think they're coming off a bye, so that mm-hmm. should help them out there. Yep. A big NFC... South matchup here with Atlanta going to Carolina and the Panthers get nine and a half. It's been that kind of season for the Falcons. You lose a lot of your skill players. You don't have much of an offense. And then Carolina's playing hot right now. They are in position for a wild card right now. And I'll take the Panthers to cover the nine and a half. Cam Newton is playing on fire right now. And that Atlanta defense isn't going to be holding up much. I don't think Matt Ryan can lead the offense to score enough. You know, when... You have Roddy White out. You have Steven Jackson still out. That's, that's crushing. That's a that's so tough. We had you know Atlanta, you know, winning that division. We didn't think New Orleans would come back the way they did. And Carolina's got some fight. Yeah, I mean, well, last year this spread would be reverse. I'm oh, sure. for sure. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, I, I and I think with the Panthers, it all starts with their defense. Mm, um, yes. You know, lots of they've acquired lots of very good players there, and um, middle linebacker. It's uh, it's showing, um, and the offense is being more than adequate. I mean, uh, probably better than some people expected. Uh, more than enough to win games with that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean they're at home, and uh, I really like that defense a lot. Yeah, I think uh, Atlanta's gonna have a lot of time moving the ball. Mm. Pittsburgh at New England minus seven. It's one of the four twenty-five Eastern games. How do you think your Steelers stack up in this one? How is it only minus seven? 
at New England. Because uh, New England's been a little disappointing lately. Past couple of games, you know, two out of the last three games, Tom Brady oh, has thrown a touchdown. Yeah, and I guess what Gronkowski probably will be playing. He might play, yeah. Okay, well, because I thought I heard today that he was thinking that they were thinking of not playing him or something like that, which would be like new news or whatever. So, um, hmm, uh, I don't know. I it's it's hard to think because they've had trouble with Brady in the past with that defense that they run. Um, they got to win though. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're gonna win, but they've got to win, and I think that they'll actually play them close enough to keep the you know keep the spread close i don't think they're gonna win but um it's gonna be close heartbreaking loss heartbreaking loss see i think that came to you know against oakland wet last week oakland just you know, bombed them early that 93 yard run unbelievable mm-hmm. so i was tempted to take pittsburgh but i remember that and i think you know, usually betting against the patriots for me usually it doesn't work out that well so I'll take New England to cover the seven. And it might just be a situation where they win by seven and in our picks. I know normally that would be a, a null bet. You know, you don't get any money, you don't lose money. But for us, that counts as covering mm-hmm. uh, for the points when it's in a whole number. Indianapolis at Houston, AFC South matchup there. Plus one for Indianapolis. This is the Sunday night football game. And I'll take the Colts. I don't know if I trust Case Keenum to... Win a big game like that against a good team in Indianapolis. Yeah, they're not the same on the road as they are at home, but neither are the Houston Texans this year. Mm-hmm. I will take the Colts to win this one in what is essentially a toss-up game. Yeah, I mean, I you know I like I like the way that Houston plays against some of the better teams. Seems like they play awful against good teams, or awful against the bad teams, and good against the good teams. Uh, I mean, you know, they they took Seattle to overtime, and they Kansas City just barely got by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, Indianapolis has done the same exact thing, and they've beaten some of the better teams. Sure uh, have, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I guess they're just basing that uh, on the fact that it's at home, and uh, they've played close against some of the good teams but uh i think i think indianapolis is probably a little too good for them so yeah, at this uh, point in the season mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna go with indianapolis all right in our monday night game chicago at green bay minus ten and a half and lambeau field last game here what do you think uh i think i'll go with green bay it's just when they're at home they're they score lots of points. I don't, um, and like you know, I think it'll be one of those games where the first half it's probably like tied at seventeen or something like that, and then they just pour it on in the second half somehow, and Chicago turns the ball over and that kind of thing, um, making the score seem much wider than it probably should, you know. Probably would have been if you had watched the game. Um, yeah, I, I think just Green Bay at home, they're just they like the Lambo leap. Mm-hmm. Chicago has not been playing great lately. Uh, Lambo is a great home field advantage for Green Bay, and especially with the way their offense is playing right now, I think ten and a half should be easy for them. Logically speaking, 
So I'll take the Packers as well. So we'll see how we do in the, the spreads there. We differ on two games mm-hmm. in college football and only one in the NFL. Uh, it's going to be a wild week. I'm glad we could fit this one in because with Yomacon tomorrow, we have to even think of what to do next week because I'm going to have company. Yep. So we might have to get someone like Decaf on the show. Ooh. David, that's a possible. So we'll see what happens. Uh, check on the World Series game before we sign off here. It is still six to nothing. It's at the end of the sixth. Uh, three innings. That bullpen. Yep. You gotta lock it down. You gotta lock down that World Series and make our predictions utterly defunct. Although you can get it right, Boston six. So kudos. Hey, I predicted something right. Let's not count our chickens before they hatch, though, and we'll see <laughs> how that works out. Hope you guys have a great week. Oh um, yeah. With that, I'm Peter, and I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take it easy.